up Paris, up Periscope. Where, where's the beans? Oh no, submerge, submerge it. Where can I? I can't. I can't find my beans. Make some noise, fellow beans. Captain, captain, they're all that's, dead. That's apparently the sound <laughs> of beans sounding off, which is not a metaphor for farting but rather us making sounds <laughs> with our mouth holes. Welcome, Beans. I am one of you, Abe Epperson, and I'm joined by my best pal and career co-pilot, uh, Mr. Michael Swaim. Yeah! Beans, sounding off your beniency. And with us this time is a, a bean of note, notable bean, uh, and friend of the podcast, introduce yourself, guest. Christian Ramirez. Hey! Oh, get him! back! God. So many people just, all the ships at sea just tuned in. Hell yeah. Sonar, ready. This podcast is uh, was brought to you by the Small Beans Pick the Flick tier, uh, where you, um, within only a few clicks, can determine what film we cover on this podcast. And this month, we'd like to thank Aaron, Defender of the Galaxy, who has chosen Ooh, The Hunt... That. For the Red October. Also, he has made a request for us to dedicate this podcast to his mom, who took him to see PG movies, but would not let him watch PG-13 movies. (laughs) And I believe... Hunt for Red October is PG, so yeah. this obviously right. being one of those. Oh, nice! Mm. Yeah, shout hey, out to mom. From this three bean salad to your mama. Mm-hmm. Three bean salad. Not Kurt. <laughs> Kurt. Not as we pass in the cramped corridor, pretending it's not awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Thank Sub-life. you, Aaron, Defender of the Galaxy. All right, we're here. We're recording. We're making our bean sounds on 1990s Tom Clancy adaptation. Yeah, uh, yeah, dropping that metaphor. Great. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, Christian, thanks for yeah. being here. So always so good to talk to you, buddy. And people who've listened to the podcast for a long time know that um, you've served. Thank you for your service, sir. Oh, yeah, of course. And I want to start the conversation there for no reason. Abe hates me so much right now. I always <laughs> love just throwing out a random question. Uh, yes. Yeah. Does that apply to the movie at all? As you um, watch the movie, is that a lens you tap into? I mean, yeah, sometimes for sure. Just the way that uh, military decorum and things like that. Of course, because they're in the Navy um, in a sub in this particular movie, most of it taking place on board one of the two subs that are the Americans or the Russians, respectively. Um, Yeah, Mm. I think for a lot of it, like the military decorum and everything does make sense to me. Um, The general like deference to uh, rank and the officers uh, supporting one another, one another, specifically like the relationship between Sam Neill and Sean Connery's characters in this movie. Uh, yeah. Mm. And I mean, the way that a lot of the upper officers don't like Jack Ryan's cocky attitude, thinking he knows everything because um, he's from the CIA kind of a thing. Yeah, that all it all kind of tracks to me. It all does make sense for sure. Imagine yeah, my yeah. shock when I slowly realize it's great how they drop it because at first they just say Mr. Ryan and you're yeah. like, oh, Alec Baldwin, Mr. Ryan. All right. And then they cut to the next scene and the very first line of the next scene is a guy goes, hey, Jack, how are you doing? <laughs> and you go, wait a minute, Ryan, comma, Jack. This is fucking <laughs> Jack John Ryan. Krasinski's Jack Ryan. Oh, well, okay. Of course. 
yeah, I, had I mean, no idea. It's it's Tom Clancy. Yeah, you know, he's got like one. He's got like one he's idea. He's got one Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yeah, and my question Dude. is just well, or my follow up question also is: Does anyone know? And I'm looking directly at you, Abe, because I expect you might know. I is do. this completely fake, or because at the beginning the opening crawl makes a big badass deal about? How the fact uh, uh, that this is incredibly classified, hush hush, military information that really <laughs> happened. So then my question mm-hmm. becomes: Is this a Fargo thing where that's just bullshit, or did they mm-hmm. Forrest Gump Jack Ryan into a real international crisis um, that unfolded? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'll just say, God, I love being connected to the to- sum total of all human knowledge at any time. And the internet tells me that um, the original novel was based on probably uh, a particular mutiny of the Soviet frigate oh, okay. Storoshevoy or um, a, the loss of the Soviet submarine K-129. So it was based on... A loose okay. amalgam of a historical real, a events. A real mutiny. So yes, in some sense, they Forrest Gump's Jack Ryan into real crises. Nice. Okay, that's interesting. Nice. Yeah. Um, great. So what's y'all's relationship with this movie, fellas? I had never seen it before and always heard of it as like a classy drama. I think mm. I, I think I only knew it through The Simpsons, referenced as like a, a drama that Homer would be too dumb to understand. <laughs> uh, Yeah. I mean, it's also... Around this time, uh, like this is kind of a decade of uh, we love submarine movies. We really wanted yes. submarine movies to happen. Yeah. Okay, list your examples. I'm sure you have them. Uh, Crimson Tide. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, that's like kind of the and real red. conversation. They're all red. Yeah. I know. Was that uh, K-19 because it's all the Soviet shit. What was that one? <gasps> K19. Yeah. U five seven one. I mean, oh, yeah. we're getting oh, close yeah. to two thousand. Das Boot earlier. Uh, yeah, but like, I think it's usually uh, discussed, or the way it kind of falls is that you got Hunt for the Red October and you got Crimson Tide, which is the Denzel Washington one. And uh, it's like, which one's better? And this one is directed by John McTiernan, uh, you know, director of Die Hard. Yeah. So you'd expect it to be a lot more action packed. It's not, it's more of a, uh, you know, like you mentioned, like a drama. Uh, whereas Crimson Tide is like straight up thriller. Yeah. Uh, and that is, uh, some people argue it's better. It, it just depends on if you, what you're looking for, obviously. But I think most people argue that Hunt for Red October is probably the better film because it's got a lot more interesting premise work going, yeah. uh, you know, such that it is. Um, but yeah, I'm realizing I, I liked it. A, that submarines are a thing like quicksands, like a fictional trope that had a heyday. That's fascinating mm-hmm. to me. I always mm-hmm. love discovering yeah. those. And B, that I missed the entire boat, no pun intended, <laughs> on that shit. I had not seen any of those movies, including Crimson Tide, which sounds like it might be worth watching because this was yeah. worth watching. I loved it. Yeah. It was super, it was fun. Yeah. Christian, had yeah. you seen this before? Like, is this an. I think I might have seen it. I think I might have seen it with like my dad, like on a weekend. This was one of the like TNT TBS movies that would come on for sure. Um, Okay, but yeah, Yeah, totally. But I don't remember seeing it like all the way through just in one sitting. Um, And like this wasn't, I guess the the sub genre 
the subgenre <laughs> would be <laughs> something the that you, sub yeah, <laughs> something that we entirely would have missed though just because like our age we like our dad would have had to make us watch these movies kind of a thing or like our uncle or right. whoever it's, well my dad did make us watch a lot of these movies but we miss subs for it some is reason. Yeah, I fucking love these movies. Okay, it's it's one of the top tier dad movies. I'm so glad we mentioned dads, right? Because <laughs> sure, like, yeah. like it's like boat movies. We love <laughs> like Crimson Tide, uh, Hunt for Red October, Master, Master and Commander. And Commander like yeah. these are classic dad yeah. dad titles, and it's always mutiny versus orders, right? Yeah. That's always what it occupies. That's like top tier dad shit. Is like, hmm. But to do the right thing or to do, be a part or of the collective. To do your duty. Yeah. <laughs> what should I do? I'm a father. And of course, the choice yeah. is mine. I'm the patriarch. <laughs> I'm the <Yeah>. patriarch, you <laughs> see. I uh, am the captain of this family, after all. Yeah. And it's got it's got a bunch of dads in it, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, it's got James oh, Bond. Oh, Alec Baldwin, famously great father. Dr. Alan Grant, <laughs> The Shadow. Dude, when I realized Sam Neill was going to do a Russian accent, I was like, yes, dude, oh, yes! Yeah, and then I, I love that they have Connery do so little Russian <laughs> that <laughs> for a second I was like, ah, he's a spy. He doesn't really know Russian. And then I was like, no, they just didn't want John Connery to try. Yeah. They're just like, you, <laughs> you hire accent. him and not use his voice? That's stupid. It's just yeah. dumb. It's yeah. a dumb. It's like, yeah, it's it's dumb shit. And plus, it's dads have expectations, you know? Yeah. And that's who this movie's really for. <laughs> Although it's got, a, yeah, it's got Frank and Furter in it as well. <laughs> it's got that's true. Uh, Tim Curry. I mean, it really does uh, have an all-star do- cast. Mm. You got Courtney B. Vance in there, too. Like yes, it's yes. pretty great. You got Gates McFadden, Gates for McFadden one scene. Yeah. not in the opening credits, but is Beverly Crusher during that sequence our, herself? Oh, uh, insane of autopsies. <laughs> we also got uh, what's his name? What's his guy? Scott Glenn. He's yeah. uh, he's yeah. Stick from the Daredevil. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's low key really. It's good a great in this cast, movie. and they're really oh, yeah. close to each other because it's a submarine, and that's also <laughs> like I love Mc. Tiernan does well first of all before we move off the language thing which if you haven't seen it they transitioned from speaking actual Russian with subtitles to our understanding our collective mental understanding shifts to look they're just going to speak English and you understand that they're speaking Russian and the way they Mm -hmm. do that is actually fairly simple and effective which is what I call the whole movie just like Die Hard simple but it's effective Um, zooms in on a guy's mouth and he changes from Russian to English on a word, and it zooms back out. And what's cool is the changeovers on the word Armageddon, which is the same in Russian and English, oh, and is the theme oh, of the film. Clever. Pretty yeah, cool. Pretty do, rad. Do you want to know another cool tidbit about that? Which is actually a tidbit. Probably, of course, I do. <laughs> a tidbit uh, that will actually probably hurt your Ow. like you'll probably make it not feel as okay. great uh mctiernan also directed a film called the 13th warrior where he does the same oh that trick. is the same exact maneuver oh yeah. man uh, so mctiernan was just like yeah i fucking nailed it yep. on red october i'm gonna do it again motherfuckers i'm john mctiernan god damn it oh speaking of that dude this movie has a scene where the protagonist crawls through ducts yep. saying pithy shit to himself, imitating yeah. other people sarcastically, all mm-hmm. a diehard. Because yeah. Jack Ryan crawls around going, 
Um, oh, Ryan, some things in here don't react well to bullets. Yeah, me, smart guy. I don't react well to bullets. Come out to the coast, have a few laughs. Like, have you know, a few laughs. Very interesting to see the overlap and the brazen. It, yeah. It's kind of like seeing the new Doctor Strange movie and going, yeah, Raimi, gonna Raimi. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Gonna have he those shots he, in there. He, he knows what we like and he knows how to do it. So it's like, just play the hits, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh it's also when you think about it, it is uh, I hadn't realized this in my previous viewings, but in this viewing, it's just the rock in the yes. sea. <laughs> it's the rock in the sea. Meditate Which is on crazy that. Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. It was weird to me. I was like, wow, it really is the rock when you think about like what's going on here. You know, mm-hmm. um, just swap. Uh, Ed Harris with, is uh, the rock an attempt to defect is someone attempting to defect uh I mean I guess that wouldn't be exact parallel but he's not intending to do the thing that he wanted to. like he he's all posturing making it seem like he's gonna do this horrible thing but the reality is that he doesn't he's not a monster yeah. at all um he in fact wanted he just was doing it to hopefully let the other the group that he's after essentially and in this case the soviet union mm-hmm. playing chicken with them um and that's a lot of what this maneuvers are in fact every maneuver that sean connery does literally with the submarine is he just plays chicken with things yeah <laughs> like he just like go directly at the <laughs> missile oh, until it's usually you are the missile decide that you need to move because you're gonna move buddy i love his solution is always they're like but it's 15 he's like wait till it's four and they're like all right four and he's like all right do it now and they're like hey it solved everything somehow you're a genius man yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's so good um and Uh, it worked and it's very clever because in that case in point it's that by going directly at the missile, the missile hadn't armed yet because for safety's mm-hmm. sake, they don't arm the actual warhead yep. until it's X distance from their own submarine. So he <laughs> yep. said, go right toward it and like smother it, like yep. ram it before it can arm. Yeah. That is, yeah. that's very clever and satisfying. It's very clever. <laughs> yeah. No, and it's, it's like that all pays off too because then the American captain, when they're out maneuvering the, the second torpedo, goes straight towards the Russian, the other Russian uh, submarine and gets the torpedo to hit them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Which they needed to happen because for people who haven't seen it, basically it's that the the Sean Connery as the commander of a, a Soviet sub that has an un you know un heretofore unknown to man yeah. super cool stealth engine system that allows it to park nukes anywhere uh, wants to defect and give that sub to uh, the Americans and they have to elaborately at every step make it seem like that's not what's happening because otherwise the Soviets would cause an international incident publicly. Um, So by the end, they very conveniently get a fucking scars guard up in the movie and (laughs) blow him up. Daddy. Yeah. Daddy scars guard gets blowed up real good so that they can pretend Oh, that was the Red October that blowed up. <laughs> and then I do love the scene perfect. where they cover the obvious plot hole, which is the Soviet ambassador goes, well, what happened to Skarsgård sub, dude? And yeah. the American ambassador's like, 
So let me get this straight. You want to go on public record and say you lost your two best subs and you just can't stop losing subs like an asshole. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, well, he's let's like, think about this. Nah. And you're like, that's a good maneuver, dude. <laughs> yeah. Just use their pride against them. It's, uh, it's kind of perfect. But then he's like, he's like, yeah, but in the future, we're going to have like better sar right so eventually we'll figure this out and uh the, the cold war continues like, yeah sure in 10 years go ahead <laughs> yeah no we just got to have a, a fun adventure the cold war is not solved or anything <laughs> yeah yeah except for these it stops don't really the, matter. in 1991 with the follow the berlin yeah. wall <laughs> so one year later <laughs> and no one is no one is fighting for like the you know uh the lieutenants and the privates in the soviet sub who died <laughs> who literally yeah, died true. just following orders and just no one cares because i guess in america we care but in the soviet union Soviets they don't. don't love their children it's true it's they true. don't love their children apparently uh, that's why john mctiernan they don't take a dump in my head canon now <laughs> in my head canon now the red october just pulled up alongside germany blew the shit out of the berlin wall and that's that's how that war ended <laughs> hell yeah like it wait it's a time traveling it's over <laughs> it's over it's over yeah. you love each other now that's oh, my sean my connery God. it's not great no, uh, okay. speaking of sean connery i love i love that uh alec baldwin describing ramius who's the character that yeah. uh, uh yeah. connery's playing he says, because uh, they have to do, well, actually, the whole the whole beginning is actually, this is why I love McTiernan, actually. Yeah. Like, the efficiency of the inciting incident is so fucking good. It's, like, top mm-hmm. tier to me. Like, the scene with James Earl Jones and Alec Baldwin, like, we get, like, maybe, like, five minutes before this, we get uh, Alec Baldwin, Jack Ryan, like, we see his family, we see kind of what type of guy he is. But then... We just get one inciting incident, which is a scene between uh, James Earl Jones, who's like an admiral. Yeah. And he just kind of info dumps, but like in a night in a good scene, it's like kind of a good scene where they're like uh, they're trying to kind of feel out what each other's expertise is. But you get within like three lines of dialogue. We got a big ass boat. Sean Connery is a badass, which Alec Baldwin has studied mm-hmm. and it's coming right at us. And it's just like. It's within like three lines of dialogue. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. But um, one of the things that they, uh, uh, Jack Ryan says about Ramis is that he's nearly a legend in the submarine community. <laughs> sure. The <laughs> which sub- I think is, Which I think is a hilarious idea. Like I know there is probably something that you could technically describe as a submarine the community. The submariners <laughs> of the yeah. world. I just like the idea that he's like got his finger on the pulse of a community <laughs> of submarine people. <laughs> And he's like, he's been a maverick his whole Subscribes career. to fucking Underwater Weekly or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they got like Gets inner updates. politics. Uh, yeah, he's been blacklisted because of an article he wrote. Um, <laughs> Let them see. Yeah, it's, it's a silly, it's one of those silly kind of like, imagine someone had studied someone like we've seen that trip so many yeah. times like where the protagonist is like i'm a fish out of water i i, I don't know uh, but like look, i do know a thing or two about this one guy and that makes you the perfect man for the jab uh even though he's not even a cia agent he's a fucking book and, writer yeah he's an book analyst writer, technical no he writer. writes they literally ask him like what do you your cia he's like i'm not an agent i just write books for them yeah which i didn't think is a thing that cia does like but i think he like says he's wrote an books analyst about the at CIA, some point too you... right like that's part sure. of his job or whatever that's jack ryan for yeah. it the fabric um, of jack ryan's reality changes as he gets re-inhabited by various actors much like james <laughs> bond 
Yeah, yeah. that's also true. If we look at, because you mentioned true. the John Krasinski thing, like uh, Jack Ryan in the old days, like some of all fears, mm-hmm. uh, Patriot games, all that stuff. Yeah. Present day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was always an analyst who had to go into the line of fire and he's always portrayed as like, oh, geez, man, I'm not a field agent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And now he's just straight up like Jack Ryan is just like the uh, shadow like, recruit. The, the Chris Pine. Yeah. The, yeah. The Chris Pine ones. He's just like, no, he's just a secret agent. He's yeah. literally James Bond. And it's mm. like, well, we kind of buried buried the whole well that's point why of this why phase wasn't. of jack ryan such a perfect fit for mctiernan yeah. right obviously they didn't fuck with the formula and they were like uh you know uh shit what's it mclean it's it's a clear mm-hmm. mclean he's he, he's not too old for this shit but he's yeah. not right he wasn't meant to do this is key to yeah. the mctiernan formula or the magic yeah. at least of that era and i gotta say i i wonder if people out there feel the same way or even if Christian might resonate with me on this, but uh, I guess I'm a bit of a snob on it, but I feel like I actually do ding points for scenes where, and I love movies like Reservoir Dogs. They Mm. just have a scene where the guy info dumps. The one that gets me in this is all these movies have a fucking scene. It's envy, I guess. They all have a scene where Alec Baldwin soberly explains (laughs) the stakes of the movie directly to the audience by way of explaining it to a council of learned elders who we never have seen before and will never see again. And it's just an excuse for the character to literally go. So this is what's happening. And I got to stress, it's really, really a big deal. You should be very engaged right now. And then the scene ends with the guy go, Oh, and one more thing. There's three. And the guy goes, three? That's unprecedented. We're dealing with a madman. And it cuts out. <laughs> and um, yeah. I guess I'm envious because I labor so hard to not write like that. And yeah. then when you see it work, fine. And people love Marvel movies. And you're like, oh, I guess it's fine. I guess just fuck me. Then I guess we can just do info yeah. dumps. No one cares. <laughs> I mean, I think. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, I think the re- <laughs> like part of it is like you write comedy and this is a very specific like political thriller. And I think you get away with it really well if you're like somebody briefing a bunch of generals or like uh, a lawyer that's going over the, the case or whatever. Like there's ways that it makes sense within the movie. Whereas if you try to put it into like a family drama or a comedy or something, it just doesn't doesn't it doesn't fit as well and i think well i mean um and abe you mentioned uh him being like a nerd or whatever like he's he's an analyst he writes books for the cia Mm -hmm. and that's another like Mm -hmm. perfect parallel with you mentioned the rock earlier like it's nick cage's Mm -hmm. character he's the like that's yeah michael bay just watched this movie and was like no i want to do this again (laughs) oh and this movie had already existed yeah you know like this is this is all generic tropes it's also what like as you were describing swaim the Mm -hmm. scene with the info dump like it's literally roland emmerich's scientist scenes with the president you know and he's done that scene fucking every single movie he's ever made it's so it's such a tired trope that we never get really tired of because we're like yeah it's just a thing now you know we just it's fine and it has its purpose the info dump and uh you know we like to see our we like to see our main heroes even if they're like in one hand you're showing a scene after scene after scene of them being badass you like it better if they're kind of a john mcclain you like it when they are 
up against their backs against the wall and against all odds. You know, it's it's the uh, fucking uh, Cinderella story that America's in love with. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different flavors that work. I agree that flavor is very powerful and, and palpably nostalgic and engaging to me. Um, but I've also seen movies where it's just like, ah, it's good to watch a professional work. I get the power yeah. trip version mm-hmm. where the guy is perfect mm-hmm. or the gal is perfect. Um, it works less often, though. You know, what you get with those is hot messes like ultraviolet and shit where you're sure. like, oh, yeah. you think Where's you're you're trying that? so hard to be over the top cool and you're not cool at all. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. When it's, when it's like trying to say something. Yeah. I think you said it perfectly there. Like when you're when your motivation for making the movie is I want to make a cool movie, like a movie that is seen as cool. Yeah. Like Die Hard. Uh, and you ape the formula, but don't really understand why the formula is that way and why it can't be uh, reconstructed necessarily in the same way every time. Uh, those are the worst movies. It's very yeah, interesting <laughs> as a culture to see the pendulum swing with how we treat our heroes journey between, you know, there's multiple like axes upon which you could track it. But I think one that's interesting is, is our, are our heroes in over their heads or cool, calm, and collected every step of the way. Um, we have both movements, I mean, occurring yeah. simultaneously at some times, but at other times I think we do really strongly prefer one type over the other. And definitely the 80s and early 90s was in over your head or too old for this shit or a misfit in some way was so yeah. good. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of hilarious that we went like into the 2000s and 2010s we fell in love with the uh we really fell in love with the technological advances that had been happening yeah and that wanted to be commented upon on society so even when you look at the trash like the dregs of this kind of stuff like fucking stealth or something like that (laughs) like it's always corporate it's like our goal is to become corporate even iron man is uh smacks of that you know it's it's very funny yeah. Uh, to me what we focus ha, on ha, recently ha. and this is ha 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 in the 90s par for the course kind of starts the decade because this yeah. is 90 it, it's 90 this is yeah. 90 so yeah so it's like it's straight up setting the tone for that those types of movies which came directly from Die Hard and John McTiernan he basically just crafted the 90s uh, hero story yeah well, that's why he's kind of awesome to me <laughs> And I mean, it's kind of cyclical too, right? Like, because in the '80s, all the action heroes were Superman, like they were untouchable badasses. In the early '80s, mid '80s, yeah. yeah, for sure. And then in the, the '90s, we get the yeah. Everyman for a lot of it. And then, like, once the Matrix hits or something, then we get more Superman mm-hmm. again. And like, we never, we kind, we kind mm-hmm. of never came out of the Superman kind of uh motif just because superheroes caught on. And like, I think super, the perfect hero is Ascendant right now. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, but also they found a way to give us like kind of every man characters within the superhero genre when you have like Spider-Man or Or Logan and that makes them stand out. They stand out against the backdop of perfection. Yeah. Yeah. Superhuman. And you know what the 2020s is going to be? Or it seems to be shaping up that way. We're in the worst timeline. We need someone to save us from the worst timeline. And they (laughs) need to be perfect or... That, well, it's just the concept. Or just the that concept. They, of, yeah, it's the been other, They're aliens. They're out. Yeah, they're yeah. outside of our turn. In this case, the current reality, and there needs to be someone who can somehow rechange that reality from inside or yeah. from outside, alter the reality. Um, ah, love so you shit. think we're sublimating? Like our stories in aggregate are starting to express 
that we need the whole system to change fundamentally. I I do think that that's true. Mm -hmm. So we're getting transformation, transcendence stories. Yeah. yeah. Because like once we reached the 2000s, especially like basically when the Internet hit, you know, like like when that started becoming mainstream, we really took these hero myths and they, they really kind of it became all myth. We did have simultaneous perfect superheroes like superman or you know like we also had every man superheroes who are, who are also corporate like yeah. iron man we had like because it, it we're dredging from the past which a lot of these comic books and a lot of these stories came from but like when you look at like the people who are currently working like in the 90s like the tom clancy's or like in the now when you look at like i don't know the like Daniels, right? We're st- like, <laughs> still we're, Tom yeah. Clancy to some degree. <laughs> well, it's like we're we're seeing we're trying to see all like all the positions because now we can just like you said earlier in this podcast go on a magic machine that gives us all the answers. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't yeah. feel like there is any one current timeline, and there's not one current hero. There's all heroes, and so we're dealing with that metaphysical. Well, and there's yeah. so much media now. Speaking of the Daniels, that's about. Uh, a multiplicity of experience all infinitely overlaid on top of each other, but realizing that we're still all connected through it all. Yes. Which you'd mm-hmm. expect to be a post the invention of the internet trend in right. storytelling. It totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. But they were like, yeah. Oh, we're all connected. Yeah. Of course that's something this generation has to say. We lived <laughs> through the internet coming yeah. into existence. But right? that, but that, well, I mean, because that was the 90s. That's why they were, the Wachowskis were kind of pressing, is that in 1999, they knew like these were the themes that were going to be like big in the 2000s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, when we were confronted with something like the collectivism of information and identity, I, aka the internet, uh, they were like, we first meet it with fear. We are terrified <laughs> of what it is because someone's going to ruin it. And we, they were right about and that. And now, we're, <laughs> and now it's like we're kind of fighting back. There's some kind of there's a little bit of beauty and sweetness to how like it develops. But yeah. uh, we are very slow, I think, as a collective. Our movies take a very long time to yeah. replicate the thoughts that we're having. Yeah, there's a lag forms. of five to ten years. Yeah, on it, Easy. for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, because even when we're talking about everything everywhere all at once, uh, there is that part of it that is the struggle between a younger generation and an older generation. It's like what we have inherited from them and how they're responsible for that. And like, but how we are also responsible to them. Like it's mm-hmm. like that. It's the interconnectedness, not just between everybody, but also between everybody like that spans our different generations and stuff like that too. And it's only if we all work together that we get the, the, the good, the happy ending at the, at the end of that movie in particular. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. What a, what a good podcast on hunt for the red. October. Speaking of things uh, that change direction very slowly. Like uh, submarines. I wanted to say that, it's amazing that he's able to make it the actual submarine photography so engaging because yes, so much good. so easily you could have like come off of Top Gun or Speed or I know I'm breaking timelines <laughs> to do this, but you know what I mean. Yeah. In traditional uh-huh. action, you shoot for speed, you shoot mm-hmm. for velocity or something to be excitingly close, blah, blah, blah. I like that he knew and embraced you're not going to get that from a submarine. Yeah. A submarine is inherently slow, but what it is is big. And he shoots it like a goddamn, like a monolith, like mm-hmm. a dinosaur yes. in the water. He yes. shoots it for size and scope and to make you go, 
wow, there's people inside that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Right. Very good Leviathan like, photography. Yes. Yeah. I was I was like, I wish like God there would be a Godzilla film like this. It, you know, like yeah. <laughs> all our kaiju movies now are all just like, oh, look at that one. That one's cool for this. It's reason. coming and on shore and it has fins and shit. Yeah. 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 And it's just like, oh, that one's a fast one. And it's just like, no, just do <laughs> like they're all too massive to move quickly uh and i love in i love i love that and i love that they did uh it's like very good um obviously so when you watch it they obviously when they cut away it's like they have this i don't know how big the model is but it, uh, a model that's probably larger than you think in a in a small tank yeah. relative to it and then they have a grid of wires that they just kind of move around to allow it to move axis and then in post you just can kind of just show or like even in front of camera you can just blow water across it and it makes it look like it's moving whatever speed you want so mctiernan could have made the them move really fast mm -hmm. and made the <laughs> missiles even i think the missiles is the key yeah because mm -hmm. the missiles are something that's even faster than submarines and shown relatively and he chooses that those are the in also covering vast distances so they're just like mirror mm -hmm. you know like very slowly moving but then when the they target. blow up you, it's like dread because you're like that yes. thing will fuck the entire ship. Yeah, it's just that one cool. little thing. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. No, and um, good. The, yeah, go I was ahead. just gonna say the sound design that goes along with it too does adds yes. so much to it. Uh, just with the sonar and the way that he uses the music occasionally too. When when it is the very tense moments when they're trying to outrun a torpedo or outmaneuver one of the other subs, um, and just yeah, the constant pinging of that sonar is it's it adds so much tension and it's just like it, they're very well every that's like yeah Shades that's a perfectly alien, constructed scene yeah yeah 10 meters five meters mm -hmm. um and it definitely feels like uh well the very first episode of this podcast frame rate was about saving private ryan and i definitely remember we discussed how the tank is handled like a lion or yeah. a creature of some kind and i feel like they pull the same trick and i wondered even if the sound design had i wrote there was one point where a sound made me think i was like i think there's some animal sounds in there yeah. <laughs> uh i can't confirm that and i actually did a google search but i couldn't quickly confirm or deny that but mm. i wouldn't be surprised and no, it's treated that way and it Man, it flashed me back to like recurring nightmares I used to have as a little kid of you ever have the dream of being in the water and you can breathe like you are a water creature mm. and just like a giant, massively huge shadow coming up from underneath <laughs> you. That yeah. was a regular yeah. for me. Something yeah. fairly similar. Yeah. Yeah. Or some, some sure. in that area. Yeah. Um, Sam Neill dreams of life in America. I immediately predicted. I was like, doomed to die? Question yeah. mark. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, we can't have a Soviet on our yeah. shores. Yeah. Bye. Connery gets Job. a pass. Yeah, yeah he, he can't even. He can't be happy. He can't have a future. Gets, I guess Ramius does. But it's like bittersweet because he never expresses like a genuine want for it. In fact, he even yeah, he just kind of digs on America. He says, oh. and they're rock and roll. Like he just yeah. wants to get out of the Soviet Union. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to be an American. That is palatable to us as yeah. American audience. But as a Russian who wants to be an American, an immigrant. Yeah. What? <laughs> I think it also is just in service of the classic hero's journey, right? That's the cost. You always return yeah. with the treasure, but at a cost. And... The easiest cost, as we've seen in many films, is 
uh, some friend who's been along for the ride tragically dies. Oh yeah, yeah. that yeah. does sting. Yeah, it's actually a beautiful scene though because two very good actors, but also like. I love how quick the death I is, and I love. I, so, Sean, <laughs> uh, so Sam Neill does a great job. Like Always. he just dies oh, quickly, amazing. and sometimes an understated death is sometimes the best death. But and he didn't need to be a big death, so he just kind of like his eyes just go dead, and he's just gone. Mm. But Sean Connery, who is laughable in a lot of his roles, I mean, J- uh, James Bond is anything but just like. He's just one note the whole yeah. time. <laughs> Sean Connery is actually a really good actor. We forget it. And it's in subtleties like this where he like he grabs him like he's like, don't die. And he's about to start a speech of like, stay with me. And then he gives up. Yeah. And he realizes it's too late. And then he looks around kind of like in a judgment of everything. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. he goes back to work. And it's like it's like four different beats in like a single I don't know, three seconds. And it's pretty amazingly pulled off. Yeah, I think... Uh, You're not sure exactly what he's thinking, but you get the gist. Yeah, I think this era is, like, the best era of Connery because you get this, um, uh, Last Crusade, and Untouchables Mm. all in a short span. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, like, his... I mean, I don't know, like, when he was younger, besides his Bond stuff. I haven't seen a lot of it. But as far as his acting goes, those three are just, like, like... That's the best that I've ever seen him. And this one in particular, I was surprised at like how subtle and just like meaningful all those moments are. Yeah. (laughs) He's not known for his subtlety, you know, give a schmack. You know, he's not a very subtle man or was a very subtle man. But like, you know, there are times that he actually pulled it off is all I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, Or all I wish to add. And uh, spe- when yeah. you have like a firm hand at the rudder, like McTiernan, you just get cool. I don't know. There's something about this era of the well-made. I guess I'm just getting old, but there is a nostalgia for the structure as- itself. The well-made play, so to speak, version of these movies that Die Hard established. So I'm really what's funny is my yardstick is really just well. how And I apply it to other action movies of this era yeah. and others. How close is this to what Die Hard felt like? <laughs> and it's like, well, of course McTiernan's going to nail that because he's the guy. And yeah. mm-hmm. uh, like the big example that came to me was the moment of just how stupid, simple, and yet effective the maneuver of when Jack Ryan leaves, he says goodbye to his little daughter and promises he'll get her a teddy bear. And when he flies back at the end, he has the teddy bear, the Russian, it's a Russian yep. one. Cause he got it in, in the seat next to him. And I was, and I had that moment. I had that little joy of being able to figure out for myself, like a little puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Oh, right. Daddy went to work and he tamed a Russian bear and he brought it back to America. Right. That's yeah, also yeah, exactly. what the movie is. That's so That's, cool. And yeah, um, he's a teddy bear I, now. It's rare that action movies try to operate at that level anymore. Yeah. Not that they try mm-hmm. and fail. It like they don't give a shit about shit like that. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? Like Marvel movies don't have no that thing. Not that and I just think they, they don't care it. about it. But I, I love that shit. Where you're like, that yeah. was a that shot or sequence or maneuver is a microcosm of the thing itself. Always yep. gets me. Always. Yeah. And it's less that we aren't 
I think it's just a lack of interest. You know, it's not yeah. that it's like a film wouldn't do that or couldn't isn't capable of doing it. That's a that's a silly opinion. It's it's more of just that we want to spend the time that we have on these films on something else. Yes. Now we can still discuss what if those are good decisions, <laughs> but I think there is uh, something to be said about yeah, the '90s were the time for that, and now you know here we are, thirty years later. It can be the time for something else. Um, so sure. I, I, I'm not. I am saddened by it because I do think it's a really well-oiled machine. That you're like, I wish those machines existed. I wish they still uh, made still. them like that. But on the other yeah. hand, there is a part of me that's like, that's not intrinsically better no. or even more meaningful. All you're saying is the thing should be fractalized in a way where the inner parts look like the outer parts, and it all reinforces itself. That's yeah. just right. one way to make art. That is sure. not the way right. to make art for sure. Maybe it's like, just like the most beautiful typewriter or something <laughs> yeah, like that. But, something that's just But in, a, in real large part, who cares? Maybe you could cram your movie with a bunch of different messages or, you know, and I've seen movies yeah. that try to do that to varying effect. But, uh, but yeah, this one's like a straight line drive, a steak with mm-hmm. a pat of butter on it. Like most people yeah, will exactly. be fine with it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is a very uh, efficient movie for sure. Like there's you can speak to the efficiency of this movie like I mean I I don't know. I just I know that the script must have been very tight and I know that just everything everything has its purpose in this movie. I don't feel like anything's wasted at all in this There's no movie. fat. Yeah. Yeah. Another little maneuver that uh, the story does well. It's a, it's again, it's McTiernan because it's not the writing. And Yon Zabat, we should mention at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. also the s- cinematographer of Die Hard, who's mm-hmm. the cinematographer of this film. Fucking great, rules. great, great, great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But a nice little touch is that the early on, early on, there's a helicopter scene where they're like taking Jack Ryan, the first one, where mm-hmm. they're taking Jack Ryan to somewhere, and uh, he's super nervous, and it's like a goofy scene where you typically <laughs> see like. You, there's a guy who's just like, yeah, I'm just talking about all the different uh, all stuff I love about helicopters and I'm just going to be talking a mile a minute. And, uh, you know, it's just like that's that's where you are. And he's and Jack Ryan is just losing his shit. Mm-hmm. He's super nervous. And we're supposed to go, oh, look at the pencil pusher. Ha ha ha. And then it's revealed. Yep later in a later scene that he almost lost his ability to walk in a copter ac- accident yeah. so i love that we and we, that's something we don't really do anymore we don't usually right. construct uh, retroactive reveals it's his a nice wife method is in a coma. yeah i mean i guess we have i guess it's because like tv has maybe done that for us where it's like use it as a cliffhanger don't yeah. use it as a you know uh retroactive like aha moment yeah. um I don't know. I just thought like that. It's a nice way to or method to find some form of unexpected uh, exposition. Yeah, so, but yeah. That, even if it is the same generic protagonist is badass, hoorah! Kind man, of it's really interesting. Re our little tangent about the hero's journey changing its shape. Uh, that these IPs that have persisted the whole time, and I'm thinking here of Sherlock Holmes, Jack Ryan, and James Bond. Yeah, have all made concessions to the trend and then reverted back like casino royale was famously one where james bond was like in over his head all of a sudden more than he's been (laughs) and he slowly worked his way back to being perfect again in the most recent one yeah and um sherlock holmes they reinvented with robert downey jr as like a little rough around the edges and having mental ill like challenges that make his life difficult um it's just very cool to watch that happen yeah, it's like we needed to break our brains to understand the next thing. 
Yeah. And the next yeah. thing is more of the same, though. Uh, it's like they well, because have, you, like, yeah, a, those IPs are flexible. In 2005, we had to have a wipe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we well, just had to have, like... Yeah. It is a really good Jack Ryan origin story, too, because that uh, retroactive reveal then turns into growth for him when he actually is getting onto the submarine and he has to just yep. detach on his own and sw- and like get rescued by the divers. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yep. like, yeah. he, it's that, like, like when you, yeah, he mm-hmm. sacks up, he becomes uh, the, the hero version of Jack Ryan by the end of the movie. Yeah. And when you say it like that's one of the things that makes me the most excited about film, uh, something Mike and I will always say is like, is it like a postcard of the thing that you mean? Mm, yeah. Like is everything down? Itemize everything. What's who are the people talking? What are they talking about? Like, what is where are they? Like, how is the bodies oriented in space? Pick like as many of those as possible and have them all scream the same thing. It's a postcard of grief or it's a postcard of, you know, something else. But um, the idea of being able to do that and like when just as you're describing like, oh, yeah. And it's like him detaching. uh, Like, I love that when you can say that about films, it it makes me engaged in films, makes me go like there's love and work here because they're precious with every every little aspect of the story it's not that it's great or it's like the coolest or the best it's just it's, on it's task. so precious That's all. it's just yeah. on task it's focused. they're holding it with their hands and being like please notice this and it's just like <laughs> i do notice it yeah thank you and it's cute it's it's lovely yeah um there's a few more things though because mm-hmm. uh, um this film also, we kind of alluded to it earlier, and maybe there's not more, much more to say about it, but, uh, you know, there's huge Soviets in the, after the Cold War, uh, and a, a little bit removed after Cold War, five to ten years after Cold War, especially in the 90s, uh, and Tom Clancy and all that, like, there was this kind of xenophobic, yeah. like, acceptance of they're not... We, we don't hate them enough, but we they're always the bad guys. Yeah. You know, like and we, this is that's an old, you know, everyone knows about this. Like, oh, the cook's uh, just some lone weirdo who's bad. At yeah. And suddenly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this this movie is right on the lift of that uh, in its. But it's the casual kind of like nationalism that is weird like for example he's uh jack ryan is talking with another admiral at one point in the middle of the movie and he (laughs) well first off the admiral says something he says russians don't take a dump without having a plan yeah which is then brought up later in the movie which is crazy to me that that is brought up but i actually have you mean that elaborate scene where sean connery plans out his dump and misses the important (laughs) that's the thing okay so you already know what i'm talking about i have a few questions i'm going to make no no noises when i dump first i will undo the belt buckle then i will that's what i want to know what are the components of the plan for dumping (laughs) oh okay that was the question (laughs) Well, yeah, like, well, that's one of the many questions. I have many questions about this. Yeah. But like, do you, if you were to make like a binder, would it, like, and it said like plans, plan for dump, yeah. like, could, how could it be any more than sitting, dumping, mm-hmm. wiping, right? Oh, I mean, there's like, a great. I mean, one of my favorite standups, Brian Regan, has a killer bit about the. the uh, there's instructions on the uh, pop tart on how to toast the Pop-Tart <laughs> on the Pop-Tart box. And he's like, Placing. how can that be more than step one? Toast Pop-Tart. 
But it is. It's like four steps or something. It's four steps. Remove yeah. pastry from protective pouch. <laughs> Shit yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> so you plan. could get real granular. Yeah. yeah. You, there could be belt buckle You could get granular. What if you I don't have it's... a belt buckle? What if you have a tie? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I assume, I assume it, he means that in any level of distress, they could still take a dump, uh, I guess, which is another <laughs> funny thing to say about Russians. Another question I have. Is this, does this mean that the admiral who says this doesn't plan for his dumps? Like, <laughs> is, is he setting <laughs> a, a dichotomy? They just hit him and he's got to sprint to the fucking bathroom when it happens. Not or like this, me. You know, yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. Oh, shit. Or and, and does he think that all Americans, like, is it just Russians who plan for dumps? <laughs> like, I want to understand the nature of so many assumptions he's making. Uh, and at the heart of it is, I guess, like, Soviets be like this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Americans be like this. Uh, that's silly. I don't know why that still works. Does that still work on on us, on people, on humans? I don't know. Like um, doing those bits? I guess that does still kind of work on us. Yeah, I guess like now maybe you'd get more xenophobia with like China or something. Or like, I mean, there's still Russia for sure that we'd probably mm -hmm. get in particular movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's right. Are you asking if there's still shrouded, seething xenophobia disguised as humor in the country? I, like widely I accepted. <laughs> yeah, almost certainly because yeah. there's forever. I do think it's become more complexified and yeah. it hides itself more. I yeah. think it hides itself better, yes. but it's just it's interesting to see it in this way because it's not like no one is going to be offended by someone saying Russians uh take a dump with never take a dump without having a plan i don't think anyone's truly offended by the right. statement but what's it's going on behind weird. that and the yeah. ex it's the it's like it's seen what's crazy to me is it's seen as a line that we're supposed to be like ha that's something to think about that's so true of russians <laughs> and also like this is the kind of people we should idolize the people who have these kind of thoughts well, yeah. and it's just a silly silly it's kind very of silly. understanding of and they bring it back like five minutes later when Jack Ryan is taking the weirdest shower. I, he's like, oh yeah, bending over. I think he's must be washing his taint at the beginning of that scene, yep. just because of the way that mm -hmm. he's doing it. He call, or as yeah. he calls it, his crazy Ivan. <laughs> his crazy Ivan. <laughs> and like then he comes back and he's saying that to himself. He's saying Russians don't take a dump without having a plan. And then he like has this mm -hmm. eureka moment of, oh, this right. is what. Sean Connery's plan is going to be like that's oh he's an gonna take a dump it's like actual wisdom the sub, the sub is the turd and he's the dumper <laughs> and America's it's, the toilet the, of course the movie treats it like actual wisdom yeah. and that's what's bizarre to me because that's a part of the like casual nationalism or racism, it's like if is that, Dr. Yeah. House's yeah. friend Wilson was like well shit in your hand and call but, it a hand grenade and he's <laughs> like wait a minute they have lymphoma stage 4 or whatever yeah. but, by George he's right yeah, it's oh, it's. I love blasts from the past in this regard. Yeah, uh, you love it's, uh, it's dated so racism from the past. <laughs> I mean, I kind of do love it. Yeah, it shows. This is definitely more nationalism because it is. Yeah, it's specifically about the Cold War and the Soviets. For sure, not yeah. just the all Russian people. I do think that. Well, yeah, a because. Sean Connery is a good Soviet because he's from Lithuania. That's like, they right. Very make, they make sure to point mm -hmm. that out. <laughs> That he was, hey guys, yeah. It's not a real Russia. Uh, although yeah. I gotta say, um, even though I should have known, because this was still the era where 
stars of that caliber tended to only be good ultimately in the movie. Yeah. Whereas now we do the opposite where we go, oh, he's the famous guy. He's going to be the surprise villain. But uh, the era being what it was, I should have guessed. But I will say the movie definitely did to me what it set out to do, which is throughout my notes, I go, because I'm always trying to predict it, of course. Yeah. I go, oh, he is defecting. He's good. And then later in my notes go, Oh, no, no, no. He's just saying he's defecting, but he's actually launching the nukes. And then I go like, aha, see, I was right. He's, he is really launching the nukes. And then I wrote like, oh, well done, movie. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. I was constantly doubling back on, well, is this guy launching the nukes or isn't he? And yeah. uh, that's exactly what you want from a thriller like this. You yeah, got to, sure. you know, credit where credit's due. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What else we got? Uh, I, I think... liked the uh, w- when he says, I hope the Americans not some buckaroo. And then it cuts to Alec Baldwin. <laughs> I really yeah, wanted right. Alec Baldwin to say, yeah, yeah. but no. And then you zoom out and his daughter's riding him like a horsey. And then he promises her the teddy bear. Like it could all work. I don't know if this is a hot take, but I actually but I actually think uh, Alec Baldwin is maybe the best, like, I, mean, I don't know if he's the best Jack Ryan, but he's the best suited. Like, the way he played Jack Ryan, I think, is actually I think, the best for mm-hmm. that character specifically. I think you're right, yeah. actually, because I think Harrison Ford did set the standard. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. He set the standard, but he he he's too badass, I think. Yes. I think it, it gets in the way. And I think that Alec Baldwin... And total sleeper. I know it's coming out of nowhere, but Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck, the sum of all fears. of all fears, because he really plays the analyst aspect. Yeah. And I kind of like that. Uh, I like it's the accountant that, himself, man. I like that there's only one kind of. <laughs> it, it is strange in this movie, in particular, Jack Ryan. Like, I love it when you say, Christian, the idea of him, like, ejecting from the, uh, you know, from the, the helicopter the, the line from the helicopter yeah. like that is a great little moment where it's like he's advanced in his you know he's grown and yeah. this is the kind of badass he can be and then you cut to him who we've ar- we just recently in the previous scene said you're just an author really you're not really <laughs> like a field agent and the immediate reaction is okay there's a russian on the ship who's gonna sabotage everything and blow us all up Send the author. <laughs> it's like it's Here's such a, gun, a weird Jack. kind yeah. of, and and he does it. He yeah. fucking diehards his way over there and shoots him when he needs to, right before he blows up the ship. And it's just like that is a weird growth. I understand that we want it, Tom Clancy wants to tap into CIA agents have this past that means that they're ex-military. Yeah, and he did all this stuff. He's capable of it. He just doesn't do it anymore. And I think that that aspect is most proven by those two actors as opposed to like the Harrison Ford or any of the fucking turkeys we have now. So yeah, the new ones are just action heroes that they're not, they're just, yeah. Yeah. They're just cool. James American James Bond. Yeah. Yeah, And that's not who Jack Ryan should be. Yeah. I mean, it's not where he came from. Right. No. Yeah. I think care. Yeah. He, it makes more sense and makes him more distinct if he's like uh, Nick Cage's character in the rock. Like that's, like yeah yeah it's it's what we're used to i guess is probably well, the clearly best we gotta way to cover say. the rock at some point because i haven't <laughs> seen that either 
yeah i knew this is about you and mm. it's strange it's it's kind of weird <laughs> i know it has those glowy green ball super weapon yeah mm-hmm. i know it involves infiltrating the rock or exfiltrating the rock but i don't yeah. know yes. why <laughs> well you have to yeah. see the movie i will uh is it, that one Bay's I mean, best movie? I feel like I don't know what It's his only movie. Okay. <laughs> I don't see I don't see his other movies. I mean, I guess Pain and Gain could be argued cuz he's like making fun of himself, sure. but I still don't I even like think Pain and Gain, that... but then when people are like, you know, it's super exploitative and manipulative of the information, yes. I'm like, yes, it is. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it is. And also I think the reason that we do like that movie is because it's almost like Michael Bay making fun of himself. And there's maneuvers he does in this film, in that film, where I'm pretty sure he doesn't understand what he's he's doing. (laughs) Like, I think he kind of gets it. But he's like there for the joke. It's kind of like that one scene in It's Always Sunny. Have you seen the blooper reel where like Charlie is being told they're being chastised by the other two uh, being told like, you got to stop doing this, Charlie. This is a bad idea. You can't do this. It's ruining everything. And he's like, yeah, I feel like he doesn't even get us guys. And it's yeah. like, what do you think is happening? It's like, I think Michael Bay is that Charlie day in that moment. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. Make fun of me. I, I do all these things. And we're like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And then, and then he does them, and we're like, "Oh fuck, this is actually kind of fun." And then yeah. before the end of it, he still does stuff that you're like, that "Oh you're yeah, like, that I sucked though." And he's like, "Well, you like the other thing, so I'm gonna keep like, going." So I'm gonna keep going. Ah, like, oh, damn, that's not what we damn, wanted. Damn, I shouldn't have said that thing was fun. I just encouraged him. I just encouraged the monster. But yeah, The Rock is uh, legitimately yeah. Like, McTiernan rules. Perfect uh, film. Bay is a monster. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they're all monsters. They're old dudes. <laughs> so let's not let's not get hasty. I'm rapidly becoming an old dude. When do I reach <laughs> monster territory? Probably right. Yeah, hit know, me up on Twitter 50? and let me know. When, whenever I become <laughs> a monster, please let me know. Too soon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's 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 it. I think that's it. Right. Yeah. I think pretty that much. Is it. It. And like I, I will say one more. Like we mentioned earlier that there's not a lot of actual action like quote-unquote action Mm. in this movie there's only one real sequence where there's gunfire happening but Mm -hmm. the way that the tension works in this movie is so like all the the scenes where they're like the subs are being fired upon by torpedoes or whatever uh every all of those scenes have as much tension and suspense and just yeah. like it works like an action scene it like it's it, like a good battle star episode at the yeah. cic yeah yes yes that is perfectly elucidated yeah i think yeah. battle star yeah. definitely learned from it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a taut uh, political thriller it yeah. really is. And it really I, is. I, I can't wait for you Has to watch uh, Crimson Tide, okay. Michael, and then you'll really Ooh, be getting yeah. into the sub movies, sub genre. Um, then I'll watch. Uh, yeah. Red Underwater Boat, <laughs> the third in the trilogy. U five seven one. You gotta watch that one's. That I actually one's think wild. I have seen that. I thought I think oh, I okay. saw that in theaters at okay. the time. That's the mm-hmm. Paxton mm-hmm. one. Uh, it's uh McConaughey. I think Paxton isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's wild. It's wild. It's U-boats. It's German U-boats. Yeah. Um, Christian, we want to thank you for being here and 
frankly listening to our mm-hmm. nonsense mm-hmm. for the most part you're always <laughs> gracious uh where can people find you and what do you want to talk about for you know like i don't know take their take a minute right now take, and talk take about a lap whatever you want to, <laughs> yeah, say whatever you so, want so i mean uh easiest way to find me is on twitter uh currently at fanboy christian that's christian with no h um yeah you'll see stuff there that i do uh yeah most of the other stuff that i've done recently is just like i did a commercial uh for the va um where uh one of the patrons has made a fantastic yes. gif of me um there's the also <laughs> the best thing yeah it's i fantastic. can't stop looking at it <laughs> um but yeah other than that uh i've just been like yeah i mean you guys kind of know i've been uh learning carpentry and stuff recently so um but yeah just, i love that yeah keep an eye out for anything that's on my twitter is where i will share it um, and obviously, just uh, I'm here with you guys and occasionally do stuff uh, with the Gamefully Unemployed boys as well uh, whenever mm-hmm. they have me on a Hypecast or whatever. Uh, but yeah, uh, so that's where the main parts of my work are here on the Small Beans Network and on the Gamefully Unemployed Network, uh, where I hang out for movie nights with uh, both of mm-hmm. you, but well, all of you guys. So, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And we love you. We yeah. love you, man. We Thanks love for you being guys here. Talking to you about films, we, yes. hell yeah, and being being and, stupid and stuff. we love our patron for patronizing us at this tier. Thank you so much. Great flick pick. Thank you, Aaron, Defender of the Galaxy, and That's you, right. you, you all, woo, you all can be Aaron. Defender of the Galaxy. If you move on over to the patreon.com slash smallbeans, pick the flick tier if it is available. We do one a month uh, and you can determine the movie we cover. You could even determine that we cover The Rock, which Michael hasn't True. seen. Um, Otherwise, yeah. we'll cover some highfalutin shit. You don't want that. You could also patronize <laughs> us to gain access to the Small Beans Discord server and join us every Monday night at 6 p.m. Pacific when we do yeah. watch those aforementioned films and hang out. Mm-hmm. And Christian sometimes drops by. Yeah. Yeah. Mondays, 6 p.m., Monday movie nights, Abe and Michael talking shop over stupid movies. <laughs> well, not really stupid movies. No, they're good sometimes movies. Sometimes I feel they're time. stupid. They're usually good movies. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we like to do that. That's it. No, nothing else. I don't think we got anything else. Up oh, the sonar. What? What is that? Is that a torpedo? Submerge. Submerge. I, sm- I smell a torpedo. Podcast over. This has been a Small Beans Endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the small beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!